This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Retro Game Treasure. Retro Game Treasure is an amazing monthly subscription service. They send you custom tailored boxes straight to your door from the video games that you love. You go on there, you have a wish list, you have your console of choice. They'll send you games from an assortment of consoles like NES, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Sega CD, Sega Dreamcast, Sega Game Gear, Game Boy Color, Xbox, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, GameCube, and many more. Now announcing they are delivering straight to you Nintendo DS games and PSP games. What do the listeners of the Happy Hour get, Deuce? Put in Happy Hour in the promo box and you'll get $2 off your order. Remember, with Retro Game Treasure, you get classic video games delivered every month. Go to RetroGameTreasure.com. Pick your consoles, set your preferences, and add to your wish list. And don't forget to tell them that the Happy, Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Don't forget that the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Hello, internet. Yeah, we back in the fact. Don't know you had a long day, but let's inject. Sit back, relax, and have some cold beer. Gotta pay a few bills. Yeah, we're all clear, and it's Deuce on the loose. You know the tag team champion. We get the biggest pop when we hit the ramp. The outlaws of the new age. And we still got love for the retro ways, you know. Nintendo, Sega Genesis, so many systems, your dreamcast and reminisce. So pull back the curtain and hit the booth, cause it's the happy hour podcast with Johnny and Duke. Yeah. Hello Internets, my name is Johnny Womack, and with me. For almost six years doing the show is Deuce. What's going on, man? Hey, man. We're the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Every single episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce starts off with a good old Deuce salute. Yes, sir. All right. Was there not another? No, I gave you the last two, no, man. No, no, no. I got Fuck you. that. Trade. Trade. Yeah. No, you need a Red Rocket. You need a Budweiser. We you know, it's funny. We we yeah. Before the show, we were talking about it. We were like, I had had a. Yeah, give another Deuce salute. Yeah. So you can crack that one, too. Uh, they got a crisper open. They do, they do. It's funny because it's been a hot minute since I've had a regular Bud. Because my dad Bud Light for years. Like I think that's his beer of choice. But Bud Light does have a thinner taste, more watery. It's, just, it's lighter. Yeah. you can drink more of them. But I like the Bud Heavy. It makes you. It t- tastes like you're having a motherfucking beer. It you does. Know what I mean? It does. Cheers, man. Cheers, my man. Cheers. All right. All right. Uh, so yeah, Deuce. You know, I looked at it the other day. Because some of our newer listeners may not know that we used to be on a um, Podomatic. That was our first foray into podcasting. Was on our website. We were number one on Podomatic. We were. It was. I have all the. I screen capped all the. And our. I have records on that. All that stuff, which is cool. But yeah, we were number one in the in the um, TV slash or in a video game slash entertainment section. Yeah. On Podomatic, we were the For number a while. one. Number yeah, one podcast. Till we left. Yeah. Till we left. And till we, we turned the lights off that motherfucker and left. Yep. <laughs> so it, it's it's cool that we've um, we've done this almost six years now and. Uh, we did it two years, I think, on Podomatic, and we're done almost four years on SoundCloud now. And, and doing great numbers on SoundCloud. Yeah, Still man, it's, it's been County. fun, dude. And, yeah. and you know, we, we've been peppering in um, Sci-Fi Barto episodes, and uh, that was a really fun event this year. And uh, we're going to try to see if we can get Lori and Sean on maybe to do like a like a post-wrap-up show or – 
do a preview for next year. Yeah, we definitely want to do a post-show wrap-up with them. Uh, let them tell us about what's happening next year. Yeah. Myths and Monsters, if I remember correctly, is going to be the theme for next Myths year. Myths and Magic. Myths and Magic, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Myths and Magic, thank you. Um, so I'm excited about that, but we definitely want to have them on, uh, do a post-show wrap-up for this year, but right. also talk about what's happening with them next year. Um, and speaking of things that are happening, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel's That's happening. That's what's happening. Yeah. Um, it, $156 million opening weekend. Uh, kind of crazy numbers. Um, the, the best opening for any Marvel um, Marvel or comic book movie? Second. I thought second? Black Panther did better. Oh, Black better Panther did yeah. better, yeah. But it was it was, it was was high up there on the list. Yeah, I mean, um, it's super high. Like, it's yeah. making tons of money. Right. Uh, and anyone that knows me knows I love Brie Larson. I've, been, I've loved her for a long time. Uh, obviously, for those... Who didn't realize? Because she looked different. Uh, she wasn't Scott Pilgrim. That really made her. You know, people really re- recognized her. In Did Scott you see Pilgrim. the meme I put up? Scott Pilgrim dated Captain Marvel and fought right. Superman yeah. and Captain America. Yeah. yeah, that movie was so. And ahead she was of also time. in that movie so with, with Amy Poehler uh, and uh, John Cena. She was the the sister of Amy Poehler's character, not Amy Poehler, uh, uh, Amy Schumer. Uh, this character was it? Um, That's right, Trainwreck. Trainwreck. She was yeah, a sister. She's in Trainwreck. I loved yeah, her in that. Think, she was great. You know what? And it's funny that you mentioned that because yeah. it was such a it was a good role, but it was such a small role. You forget yeah. about it. And she's been in so many she's indie been, movies, and she's won an Oscar. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. she was in About a Boy. I think was the name of the the movie. She yeah. did a great job with that. Uh, so she's a really you know she's she's seasoned. She's been around. And uh, but Scott Pilgrim was a movie. A lot of the geeks were like, "Hey, yeah. she's awesome in this." You know, I love Scott Pilgrim. We both did. Uh, great film. Uh, and uh, so yeah, I haven't had a chance to see the movie. You you got to see it twice. Now I'm gonna ask you questions based on someone who hasn't seen it. Yeah. Um, we'll go ahead and throw out spoiler cast. spoilers. Yeah, because yeah, some things will be cast, spoiled. Yeah. Um, I will eventually see it. Um, uh, it may not be talking on Blu-ray. I'm not sure yet. Well, so the other good time. news it'll be the first movie on Disney Plus. That's true. Whenever yeah. Whenever that comes out. Yeah, I think it's coming out this year, isn't it? Disney I, I don't know the answer to that question. I, I wish it did. I thought it was coming out in summertime. I that'd think they're trying to push it for summer. Well, that'd be smart. Launch it at the same time that the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opens. Oh up yeah, that would be a good idea. So, yeah, yeah, all that cross promotion they can use for it. Uh, but yeah, so the setting you were you were talking to me. Uh, I want to make sure I understand: is the setting in the eighties or in the nineties? Okay, so like, it, I thought it, it was nineties. It is the nineties. Yeah. But what happens is when she starts off, she's with the Cree. Yeah. And they have found fam- now. For uh, preface this, I know a lot about Captain Marvel because I've read her stories and I've read multiple graphic novels, so I know her character very well. So. This so it won't be too much of a surprise for me with some of those things, but I do know her character uh, of Carol Danvers uh, really well, so it'll help me in this discussion. Um, but anyway, she said it was in the with the Cree that with was the Cree, and she's fighting like on this little let's call them like a black ops team, mm-hmm. and they're going in like they remind me of the Lantern Corps a little bit. Yes, yeah. yes, a yeah. lot like that. Yeah. So you go on a mission, shit goes south. She's abducted. The scrolls are trying to figure out because the skull scrolls had figured out on Earth they have this. It's not called a hyperdrive engine, but it's like a hyperdrive engine. It's this engine that can get really far, really fast. Right. And they want to know where it's at, so they're going through her memories. And through the course of that, she fights free, breaks away, gets an escape pod, and then she lands on Earth. And then it's in the nineties. Now it's very vague on when the nineties are. 
if I had IMDb, I'd look up when True Lies is because when she lands in the uh, blockbuster, she shoots a stand-up of Arnold Schwarzenegger, the True Lies stand-up. So, I'm looking it up right now, actually. Okay. <laughs> I'm curious. Um, that might give you a better timeline, but when she busts out of there is when she finally runs into Nick Fury and uh, Agent Coulson from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And so that's kind of when the ball starts rolling. Cause July is 1994. 1994, okay. So if it was on video, I'd say it was 95. Probably a VHS. So it'd be a year DVD, later. DVD, so VHS. So we'll say like yeah. 95. Yeah. Um, so it's 95. You know, she's uh, running around. They pick her up. And then... Uh, now, in the comics, I'm going to bring in my comic knowledge on this. In the comics, she doesn't know her past. Uh, she doesn't. Oh, she doesn't know no, either? Okay. No, she yeah. just she's on this planet, and she's still trying to get back with her Kree brothers. And yeah. she, you'd love this. She runs into a security guard. It's like, hey, I need to call home. Where do you have uh, communication supplies? And he points to a radio shack. <laughs> so she go and raids the radio wow. shack, and she uses a Game Boy and, like, a bunch of other things to, like, put That's all funny. these shit together to a payphone wow. to call Jude Law, which is her commanding officer. And it's like, hey, you know, I'm on this planet, and they figure out where she's at, and that's when Coulson grabs her, right? And then, or not Coulson, excuse me, Nick Fury. Like Nick Fury grabs her, and no, is this pre eye patch? Nick Fury. This pre eye patch. Okay. I bring that out for for a reason because the internet is divided on the eye patch story, but we will get to the eye patch. He, yeah. He gets the eye patch during the movie. Yeah. Uh, but does that run gets her, and then he? This is where it gets a little weird. And you'll have to excuse me, but she either gets away from him, but something happens, and she takes a biker's, it's straight up T2, takes a biker's uniform and the bike, and then goes to this bar. And this is when I texted you the one thing. She walks into this bar, and she starts seeing little things about what's going on, uh, like from her past life. Because she has, like, little fragments of memories, yeah, but not the whole thing. Yeah. But one of them, she's playing... Uh, Street Fighter 2 tournament arcade cabinet, and you said when did that come out? Okay, so I I did homework on it just to okay. make sure I was correct. the 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 original Street Fighter, Street Fighter One, yeah, came out in arcades in '87. Yeah, Street Fighter Two World uh, World Warrior came out in '91. Street Fighter Two Championship Edition '91, '92. Right, '91, '92. Okay. So it didn't so, it didn't hit Sega until ninety two ninety three. So sorry guys, you probably should have had our good friend Andrew, who may join us later in the episode, on the episode with you or helped you with it because he would have told you that was a snafu. Yep. Because she died in nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. How could she have played a game that didn't come out to ninety two? Exactly. So. So there you go. There's a plot hole. Plot, plot hole, hole number one. one. <laughs> so they're in the bar and they're we're hanging such out geeks. Dude. And uh, yeah, and, uh, only me, the video game fan, <laughs> yeah. would have been like, no, nah, that doesn't work. No, that doesn't but, compute. Yeah, yeah. That does not make sense. Oh, hang on one second. I think uh, I think we've got a friend who's about to jump on. With oh us. yeah, sweet. Tell us what's going on. Uh, Andrew Fakara, you know him of uh, Champions of Guardians or Guardians of Champions or Guardians of Ju- not Guardians, Guardians of Justice, Bay Coast Guardians. Bay Coast Guardians. Yep. We have butchered it. He will hear that. Shame and yep. back. He will hear that. He will yell at us about it for yeah. us. Yeah, but uh, he's the Good Samaritan, I think. He is the Good Samaritan, so it'll be good to hear his point of view on it and get him on the episode. 
here shortly. Like I said, uh, happy hour with Johnny and Deuce fans. You're hearing all of this live. Yep. You're hearing it live. Even hearing the music. You're the even little jingle. the little Skype jingle. So you know how bass backwards we do episodes. Do it live. Doing it live. Yep. What's going on, Andrew? I think we lost him. Or Andrew he took Ficarra. his video. Thank you. Can you not hear us? Do I not have the volume in? Well, maybe he. Maybe I don't have it up. Hold on. Yeah, turn the volume up on him. Sorry, guys, we're doing this live. Doing it live. Check, check. Okay. Andrew. Hey, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. See if you can turn him yeah. up. I'll turn him up. Yeah. Say it again, Andrew. Right, hold on. Can you hear me now? Yes. Get him a little more volume. Is more volume. As high as it'll go. No, I could turn volume on yeah, my computer. Turn, yeah, turn him up because he is. I can barely hear him. Yeah, get that up. Hey, say it again, buddy. Here I am, testing one, two, three, four. A little four. bit more. All right, Johnny, see what you can do with this volume. We are playing with your volume, buddy. Sorry. That's all right. You can get him a little bit more. It's about as loud as you can go. If I go too loud, I'll start to uh, distort. Okay, okay. All right, man. You there, buddy? I am. I'm here. Well, I just got done butchering uh, the Bay Coast Guardians. I called you the Guardians of Justice, the Justins of Guardians, and a hundred things that weren't what you were doing. Yep. So, but we're, we're doing this live, so yeah. we're, we're we're actually keeping all this in. Yeah. Because it's fun. Yeah. Oh, we even fantastic. kept the we kept the jingle in too. The little jingle that the little you, Skype jingle. The Skype jingle. We're keeping all of it in. We're doing it live. <laughs> So we're talking about uh, Captain Marvel, of course, and uh, Deuce just got to the point where she's having flashbacks, and we actually pointed a plot hole discrepancy. Uh, Which okay. I, I didn't know if you noticed. Okay, when she got to the bar with uh, with uh, Fury, did you yeah. notice what video game she was playing? I want to say it was either – I don't know if it was Space Invaders or if it was um, – was it Galaga or Space no, Invaders or, no, or was no. one of those? She was Which playing was Street Fighter Championship Edition. Oh, that's two. right. But here's the problem: that's... she died in 1989. That game didn't come to the United States till 1992. Yep, plot hole. We nailed plot it. Hole. So us uh, video game oh. nerds here, uh, we uh, we we nailed that. We. Uh, I feel like the entire past two or three days of of the internet of YouTube concerning that movie. Has been. It's like there's this weird track record of first there's all the incels saying we're not going to see this movie, we hate this movie, blah right. blah blah. Yeah. And then Rotten Tomatoes had to adjust the way their website works. They had to cleanse so it. They had to cleanse it because people had, they, before the movie even came out, people were. But you know the backstory on that though, and Andrew. Now, well, yeah, and now. And now that the movie's come out and it's making all the box office, everybody's getting on YouTube going, there are so many plot holes and talking about the most mundane, stupid things, whether it's something like what you guys just mentioned, which it's like, who cares? <laughs> it's uh, true. Or Nirvana, right. apparently, like, it's like, how could she, you know, the Nirvana song moment. It's like, she could have listened to it on the car on the way to with Fury on the whatever. And, uh... But I think the one that people keep saying is a plot hole, which is not, and I'm jumping ahead of time, is are we doing spoiler territory yeah, yeah, now? Spoiler, yeah, like we already spoilers. spoiler alerted, so just yeah. put, pull your I spoiler would, pants I would now. Say, I, I, every time people mention the Tesseract, and it's like, it's a big plot hole. And it's like, well, it's not. It's not a plot hole whatsoever. 
because in the timeline, the last time you see it chronologically was at the end of First Avenger, mm -hmm. and then you see it in Captain Marvel, and then it pops up in the Avengers. Which, right? if no, I I'm remember sorry, correctly, then it the... pops up in Thor, the end of Thor. Right, um, but before Thor, I thought it was like lost out in the galaxy somewhere. No, because remember, uh, what's his face? Uh, Howard Stark found it at the end of Captain America: First Avenger oh, when so looking he for was Captain America. Okay, well that makes more sense. I saw you have you on this episode. Yeah. You remember all the yeah, details? Yeah, it was, it was like it was like Shield, Shield had it, and yeah. then Shield worked with Pegasus, Project Pegasus. And they're the that's ones why Fury okay, was given makes, access yeah, to go in yeah, there. That makes so much sense. And so they're the ones that had it, and so. And so then Marvell had it and brought it on top of her ship and was using it to make that da 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 thing. Yeah. So it 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 actually tracks very well and it doesn't take a lot of brain power to realize that. Mm -hmm. So that's why I kind of thought, why are people moaning about this when it's it's a non-issue whatsoever? But everything with this movie is a non-issue that people want to complain about for some reason. Right. I think no, we're just, just joking about that. We're just kind of joking yeah, about we were, we're just not doing looking it a plot because hole I was a movie. video game fan. I was I like, know, oh, I, I found know, a plot hole. But yeah. literally the I rest of it, I, I didn't think, find any plot holes with. Yeah, I think, I think, and I know, I know you guys aren't. Yeah. I just, my thing is, it's like, just enjoy the damn movie because it's a good movie. Um, it's a solid Marvel movie. And it's, and it's also a very solid uh, 90s movie like it not not just because of oh look there's a blockbuster reference oh look there's an a a AOL instant there's an AOL reference there's a I forget what what uh, service they, I think I don't know if it was AOL specifically they were using at the one point in time but the copy serve or prodigy or something no they like use yeah. AOL because oh. he said you want my AOL screen oh, name okay. or something gotcha uh, right, right, so right. They, they name check that and they name check blockbuster I think, um, I think Alta Vista was name checked yeah. I think maybe yeah I think that was name checked uh, when they did the Google search for something which wasn't Google then it was Alta right. Vista but it's like a period yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like a period so, piece but, I, I was more but, mad that yeah, there was no but, Nine Inch Nails song in it while she's wearing a Nine Inch Nails t-shirt through the whole goddamn movie well, and here's the thing is what I was getting at is if you do you guys remember action movies from the 90s? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you go back and oh, watch yeah. if you go back and watch those any of them, there's a certain way that they're paced. They're, the pacing of it is very different than what we're used to now. Right. Uh, movies go back and watch movies from from the 80s. I think somebody was I was talking to some a buddy of mine last night. who was saying the first Rocky is so which i believe came out in the 80s mm -hmm. uh but it's like Actually, god it's it such a slow movie but like, yeah but it's slow as oh, fuck 70, yeah it's like it's 78 or 79 but that movie is slow as fuck until they get to that fight yep like everything Actually, fight is slow as fuck most movies from so, that era are pretty slow like you, you know you can look at like well uh, look at die hard die hard is pretty slow paced yep. Yeah, but that's the thing is that if you go back to the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, with each decade, the pacing of movies due to editing and, and technology and whatnot, it gets a little bit quicker as each decade pro uh, progresses. progresses. Yeah. In the 90s, uh, movies had a certain pacing about them, which for people living nowadays, it's like this is kind of agonizing or this is just like, man, this feels really long winded or stretched out for some reason. Um, and I felt like, and it wasn't bad or anything like that. It's just that movies kind of had a weird nuance to them in the nineties, especially action films. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and that's what I felt uh, with this film. A lot of people, I've seen a lot of reviews. I watched a couple of reviews ahead of time and then I would see those thumbnails 
on YouTube. You know, you know the ones where they have the movie reviewers. They're not critics exactly. They're just reviewers. They're just like I liked this and I liked that. Yeah. And then you know, critics analyze really analyze the hell out of a movie. Like that's because they're skilled at it. Whereas reviewers are just regular Joes like you and I, who go like I like this and I like that and I like this and I like that. Those guys, though, their thumbnails for their YouTube videos is always the movie title and then a picture of them either having a goofy-ass smile if, it's a, if, if, they, if they're giving it a good review, right. yeah. um, a really meh face if they're, if they're giving it a whatever review, and then a really just angry, dour, pissed-off look if they're giving it a bad review. And yeah. almost yeah. every image I see is somebody giving that pissed-off, dour look or the meh face. And I'm like, come on! Is it? And most, a lot of people are saying it's boring. The movie is boring. The movie is is weirdly paced. Da 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 da. And it's like, no, it's not. It's paced like a 90s action film. Right. Go back and watch 90s action films. It's gonna have the same level of pacing. There's nuance in this film. Right. So, and even even with Carol and and her uh, motivations and 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 what she's experiencing, what she's going through, uh, there's a lot of nuance in her performance. I think. So, I don't know. We were talking about moments in the movies, and I just kind of went off on a little tangent. I apologize. It's no, just you're fine. I was like, kind of explaining the movie to him, and we'd gotten to where the bar was, and saying that that's when they figured out like the Project Pegasus, and they were heading that direction. Um, yeah, I did like young Nick Fury. I loved yes. young Agent Coulson because I think it's very yes. pivotal once they finally get to Pegasus, where he does the whole. Oh, they're not on this floor. Go to the next floor. Why they're like sneaking right. by him because it was like, okay, he gets it. And now it, it cuz I've seen it twice, it registered with me more the second time. This is why Fury mm-hmm. got into the Avengers initiative because he's like, I've been around superheroes. I know what these people can do. I know how they can save us because he was like, mm-hmm. look, I was a flag star general. And basically became a desk jockey, which, if you know anything about the military, doesn't fucking happen. So, basically, he was just like, I got bored out in the field, so I just decided to ride a desk for a while because I didn't know what to do. So, right. this now launches him into, now I know what to do. We need to start looking for other metas and other superhuman beings because this is going to be the future. Um, and it also, right. you know, it... it it, it, it tucks some things together with, you know, Coulson, because Coulson and uh, I think it's Iron Man it talks to Tony Stark, and Stark says something to him, and he's like, oh, this is my first rodeo. Well, now you know yeah. what his first rodeo was. This was his first rodeo. Right. So, like, he, he's seen it, and he's not as grisly as he is, because I know you're a fan as well as I am of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's not all grisly yeah. and worn out and just like, I've seen everything. But also this teaches you why he's seen everything because he was there in the beginning because i mean at this point i think this is the first superhero the united states had ever seen well uh well, aside from captain america captain america so. correct but i mean besides this, that i think this they, is, this, yeah and this, also yeah, the th- first one in modern times in modern times and also yeah. no offense carol danvers is not even on the level of captain america she is so like beyond him power wise that this is like holy shit like captain america right. had a shield and you know could bounce bullets and was a good fighter but like this this girl's like shooting fireballs out of her hands and shit like this is like next level and can fly and do all this stuff so yeah i think another thing that i really 
enjoyed about the movie. Uh, and again, it kind of ties back into, oh yeah, it's an, it's, it's, it's very nineties. And again, not just because of the pacing, not just because of the, 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 um, all of the, uh, the, the nostalgia stuff, but because it's a movie that's focusing on, uh, aliens, you know, that, that was a huge trend in the mid nineties. That was ba- basically when the X-Files was at its peak, um, and uh men in black and, and that independence was, day and all that men yeah. in black independence day unsolved mysteries i think was still on the air yeah. and they they did a lot of like ufo abduction type stories and that was just a huge thing in the 90s people loved, loved to be obsessed with ufos and aliens and uh and so it just kind of i i loved that it really kind of the movie they made sure to go back and tap into the zeitgeist of what made the nineties, the nineties, the nineties and, and popular culture. And they really just nailed it, you know? Um, but, uh, so I, I really, there's a lot of that there that I, cause I, when I was a kid in the nineties and I remember all that stuff very vividly. So it was, it, it was nostalgia. It was definitely nostalgia, but it wasn't just nostalgia for nostalgia's sake. I think they really did a lot to invest uh, in in making that a proper period piece, not just in oh we just happen to be set in this place or in this time period, but also really just getting the feel of the time period right. So right now I'm looking at the picture of you with Stanley, which is your little sticker that we've got for when we see you oh. on Skype. I have to ask sure. you, what did you think of the opening credits with Stanley? Uh, I got emotional. <laughs> I think uh, I think everybody. I think my girlfriend was with me, and and she turned to me. She said, "I didn't expect to start crying so soon," uh, <laughs> and I, I agree. Um, it was uh, it was it was great. I loved that. I thought it was a perfect way of of saying thank you. It was a perfect way of of paying honor to him. Well, let me because he's a bit to Johnny, so he knows what we're talking about. You know when they do the Marvel, and they it's like the scroll of like other Avengers movies? Yeah. It was all of Stanley's cameos. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. it all... And then, and, then, yeah. and then even and even toward the end, where the title's really starting to come into focus, uh, there was behind-the-scenes shots of him with all the actors from the different... Like premieres uh, and stuff. Well. Yeah, so it wasn't just his cameos. It was like pictures of him throughout his life and career, and then right before the movie, it says... Thank you, Stanley. I went opening night, Thursday night, the first showing in IMAX at, at Sinopolis. It's here that we love. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, I saw grown men openly weeping during that. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it really hit that kind of chord with people. Um, so, Johnny, you don't mind any of this being spoiled for you at all at this point? No, no. Well, I told Deuce, I, I'm, I'm actually really familiar with uh, Captain Marvel. I've Through read, the comics, I've read yeah. like seven or eight different arcs, so I know all about her story and all that. So, a lot of this stuff, I already know it. I mean, obviously, it's made for the movie, uh, but her story and her character, the scrolls, the Kree, all, I know all that stuff. I know her story very well. I know, I know Carol right. Danvers as a character and test pilot for uh, Air Force. I know a whole the whole the, her cat everything. I know the whole. The whole Hell, ki- you know more about me than I didn't yeah. know shit about I, that I know cat. I know all the the kit and caboodle, so to speak, uh, of Captain Mar- uh, Captain Marvel. I've I've even oh, read what the nineties okay. reference, the kit and caboodle. 
that is a nineties reference. Kitten Caboodle. There you go. Uh, but well, no, I don't I mind it being spoiled because I mean I know I pretty much know her story, so to speak. But I, okay. I'm still gonna see it. I don't. I might not. I might wait till it comes out digitally or something. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I mean, I'm not gonna spoil something you already know. I'm, I'm gonna spoil something that it's like none of that counts for anything. What I'm about to say, but. Uh, it was the actual. That's not the only time we see Stan in the movie. Oh, I need there to talk to you actual... about that. I've got some serious questions for you about that, bro. But go ahead. Uh, well, it's great because, uh, and Johnny, if you don't mind, I'll yeah, tell go ahead. what the Stanley cameo. Yeah, go ahead. So the cameo that Stan actually makes in the movie uh, is that when she's on, I she's want on the to train. Say when she's she's it's on like the, the train. L. Yeah, it's an above ground yeah. train. Yeah, looking for uh, looking for a scroll. Obviously, she's she's looking around at everybody, you know, and they're all looking at her like, "Who's this crazy lady?" Uh, this crazy outfit because he, she's in her uh, yeah. she's in her uh, she in her green scroll scroll uh, uh, no Cree Cree her Cree uh, like fighter uniform, yeah, okay. which looks really fucking weird compared to yeah. everything else. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so um, you actually hear. You can start hearing Stan Lee in the background saying something, and it turns out uh, she comes upon him, and he's uh, rehearsing uh, lines from a script for a movie, and it's the Mallrat script, uh, because uh, the okay. movie came out. They filmed Mallrats, I think, in 1995, right. and so the idea is like that's him on his way to the or something for Mallrats or to audition. Right for his very own role in Mallrats. Um, and the lines of dialogue, I watched a video Kevin Smith posted yesterday about I saw the his video. reaction. Yeah, I saw oh the video. My God. So yeah, I, I'm aware so of it, yeah. but I, I didn't realize it was, um, that, that that's why he was crying and, and all that stuff, yeah. Because of the- Yeah, uh, it yeah. was, uh, but it was really freaking cool. Like it was, because uh, I remember that cameo from Mallrats and Me it's too. a very, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, I, I mean, it's it's one of the greatest like moments in a Kevin Smith movie out there, just because it's so funny. It's and arguably Stan one Lee. of his best films too. I mean, well, I've I got loved, the frame yeah. poster at my house, and Stan Lee has got the whole bottom right hand corner. It says featuring That's a cameo right. by yep. Stan Lee yep. in the corner of that frame yeah. poster I have in yeah. my house. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and so the fact that it's him uh, going into audition for it is pretty great. The sad thing uh, was that they actually had to, because he has the script in front of his face as you're hearing him talk, and then he pulls the script down and looks up at Carol and smiles at her, and she smiles at him, and she keeps going on. But the thing is that that's actually, I think, dialogue of him actually saying the lines doing during different takes from when they filmed uh, Mallrats. That's what I heard, because too. Yeah. Because he was so weak uh, on the day of shooting for this cameo in Captain Marvel that he would say the lines, but he just, you know, his voice wasn't really all there. And, you know, this was about maybe, I think they said four months or so uh, before he passed or something along those lines. And so um, they, Kevin Feige had called up Kevin Smith to inform him, hey, this is what the cameo is. Uh, do you guys have, you know, any of those takes of, you have any outtakes of, of Stan saying his, his lines from the movie so we can put it in there. And I think that's how they kind of, they, cause you know, Universal made the movie. So it's like, well, you got to go to Universal. So I think they, they went and they got 
that dialogue actually from uh, Universal. So it's actually Stan from 1995. That's who you're hearing, but you're seeing, you know, um, Stan Lee from last year. Right. So I thought that was just like kind of a neat, if that's exactly how it went down. Um, yeah, my, sounded, my only question like with that Stan is Lee. why was Kevin Smith so choked up if he knew they got the dialogue? Because he made it sound like the, he never even knew it was going to happen. No, he, he explained in the video that he Oh, did he? he? Knew, I didn't see the video, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah, in the video, he it came out yesterday. In the video, it's like a nine-minute video. He's talking about it. And he says that uh, he knew, but when he was told, uh, he got a bit he got a bit choked up right then and there. Uh, and then, but then no, having known it, knowing it, he's like, he didn't tell anyone because he wasn't, you know, he couldn't tell anyone. Um, and, uh, but then having seen it this past weekend, he said, he still obviously got choked up because for him, that was a, a really crazy moment that he put Stan Lee um, in a movie and then well over a decade or so later, it was like his, his, the video's great uh, as far as him explaining it, but it's just basically it's like it's so nice to kind of have that weird sort of closure with, with Stan uh, because they were friends. Yeah. You know, uh, for for many years after that, and uh, so I think it was, he got choked up because it was just such an emotional experience for him. Well, um, and I say good for him. I say good for him because yeah. I I've, I've always enjoyed Kevin Smith's films. I know yeah, that too. he's not everyone's favorite these days. People kind of a lot. I I always hear people criticize him and say that he's a hack or that he's just like oh he's just riding on the coattails of his past success. And it's like no man, he's he's built an empire for himself, not off of his movies so much as as off of you know all the podcast stuff he does and, and his, all of the host hosting it, gigs like right. he's he does stand-up shows like yeah, his evening with he has yeah. yeah yeah he he's branched out so much and he just does what he loves and and that's i mean no one can fault him for that but it's it's nice to it's nice to see I, it was great to see that that script with the word Mallrats on it, and even the font. It was the same font as the actual like Mallrats title from the posters and everything back in the day. Right. So that was a nice little blast to the past, so to speak. And and um, you know, it, it, it was a great. It was one of my favorite moments in the movie. For blast sure. from the past. That's Alicia Silverstone and Brendan Fraser, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> but I, I will say two things. I got to add to that. Number one, I love that it was a callback to Mallrats because. I actually think Mallrats is my favorite movie. It yeah, is. it's good. And it's the one that I think does not get the most love. So I'm glad that it got no. a little love. And maybe people will be like, oh, what was Mallrats? And go back and see that. But here's a question for you, Andrew, the almost historian of the Marvel Universe. To you, true believer, if Stan Lee is Stan Lee in the Marvel Cinematic Universe... Does that mean that he wrote all the comics and then all the characters came to life? So does that mean that Stan Lee and the Marvel Cinematic Universe is actually a god? Well, in the Marvel Comics Universe, Stan Lee is technically a god, as is Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby is apparently god himself. Stan Lee is the one above all, I think, is his official title in the Marvel Comics Universe. Um, I think... A lot of people might say this is a little too meta or like how could he be there auditioning for a movie about him who wrote the Fantastic Four and all these other characters within the unit within a universe where all these characters are existing like it's it's you know it's like oh isn't it like a snake eating its own tail or whatever 
No, not not exactly. I think in just in the MCU, maybe Mallrats, you know, maybe Stan Lee just auditioned for a freaking role and a cameo, and it has and like in that cameo, there's no mention of the Fantastic Four or the X Men or anything like that. You never know. Um, I think the end universe reasoning behind it is is simply that uh, he's just going to audition for a role in some movie called Mallrats, whereas. Um, I, I think outside of it, it's like, is he a god in the MCU? I, you know, I mean, they already kind of said that he was a, a um, watcher. Yeah, well, he was an informant to the Watchers. So, um, but I think he's he's got a role similar to what he has in the comics, which is he's the one above all. Um, and uh, I'm fine with that, you know. Uh, I'm fine with the idea that he's sort of this eternal being who just happens to be popping in and out of this universe at all the time, you know, much like a watcher. But, uh, yeah, so that, that's just the way I see it. Well, I got way, way too meta with that, so don't worry about it. <laughs> but that was where I went in my own mind when I saw it because I went down this little rabbit hole. What did okay. you feel about Nick Fury in his eye? <laughs> spoil that for me because yeah, I have no spoil, idea what – yeah, I've heard the internet, internet is, is – is, well, I've only seen negative off, stuff. No, I, I, well, you're going to see negative stuff regarding this movie no matter what because people just want to bitch about it. Right. People just um, want to shit on this movie. They have. I don't know why. And, and they I really s- do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for the most obvious reason. The reason why is because it's like a woman superhero. No, but it, it's, but it's an idiotic ass. reason. She was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, she was great. Uh, okay, so I loved the, I loved how it happened. I'll tell you how it happened since you asked me to. Yep. Uh, essentially... Uh, you know that the cat in the movie mm-hmm. is a flurkin. Mm-hmm. I think is what it's called, a flurkin. Yep. Yep. Um, unlike in the comics, in the comics, the cat's name is Chewy after Chewbacca. In right. this movie, he's named Goose after Top Goose Gun. from Top Gun, oh, which I okay. think is I actually okay. uh, both yeah, both movie both names great names. I don't mind either name. I kind of like Goose in this movie I did though, too. just because I like Goose way better. When I found out it could have been Chewbacca, I was like. That's a little on the nose, especially with Disney owning Star Wars. I was like, yeah. Goose is perfect because I ha- yeah. got a lot of Top Gun vibes out of this movie. So I was like, that is Oh, yeah, perfect. for sure. Yeah. And the, uh, I was going to say the fact that Carol was a, a a pilot in the Air Force during the 80s. I could have used a, uh, a volleyball scene with Carol Danvers. That would have been nice. <laughs> that was my only complaint. But besides that, go ahead. <laughs> I think I think it'd be great if at some point in a future Avengers movie at Avengers Mansion compound whatever, oh if God. all the Avengers, all the Avengers are like a, Thor and, and, and Captain America, and then you I know Scarlet gonna, Witch and all of them doing uh, volleyball, as long as it's set to the gonna, original song. So I wasn't I wasn't going to suggest volleyball. I was just going to say like if they're they're having a pool party or something like that, then you can put uh, Brie Larson in like the the black. Uh, onesie with the the lightning bolt or whatever, oh. and then you could just say, "There, there's your there's your damn Miss Marvel costume." Yep. Shut up. That's or you know, they could do it, it playing volleyball you know? with jean shorts over it, and then yeah. her playing volleyball. So yeah, yeah. Because yeah. well, we got to get back go. to the volleyball. Because uh, volleyball was the scene stealer of Top Gun. So <laughs> for for all the moms, yes, and <laughs> and and young men discovering themselves. Yep. That too. There was a yep. lot of those. Yep. So in the eighties. Uh, but, um, the, uh, no, I, uh, where were we? We were, we're talking, talking about the eye patch. 
the eye. The eye oh, patch. the eye, yeah. yeah. We got so, so far from kit. the eyeball that we yeah. started talking about volleyball. We, Sorry. We went super ADD. Went super No, uh, the cat. Yeah. Uh, Goose the cat is a flurkin. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've seen in the trailers that Fury is apparently a cat person. And uh, he gets very, he kind of bonds a bit with the cat throughout the movie. It's very funny. The cat is a scene stealer. Every time he shows up, uh, it's just a great scene. Oh, yeah. Um, and so at some point, the cat does reveal himself to indeed be a flurkin with the giant tendrils and everything. And it's always hilarious. And it's great. And toward the end of the movie, when everything's kind of all said and done, uh, Fury gets a little too kissy with the cat. And the cat just kind of goes, no, no, fuck it. And then he, uh, I think, clawed out Fury's eye. Yeah, he claws at his eye and it scratches it. And he's like, no, it'll be fine. And the scroll goes, yeah, Yeah. no, it won't. (laughs) He's like, no, you're fucked. (laughs) What What I loved was Fury didn't get... Well, first off, he said Mother Flurkin, which yeah. I thought was hilarious. That's awesome. Great way to get around the censoring. Uh, yeah. And also, it's a, it's a, I think it's a small callback to uh, uh, Sam, Sam Jackson has actually talked about before how on like local cable, on cable networks, whenever they play any movie that he's in where he says the F word, yep. they change it to, you know, Mother Farmer or something like that. Yep. And it doesn't sound like him. Right. And it's just really, really funny. So I, I think it might have been a slight nod to that as well. Sure. I didn't even wrong. know that, but that yeah. is brilliant. Because, yeah, because you know it's his voice the whole time because it goes, Mother Flurkin! And you're like, oh, shit, that was Sam the whole time yeah. in character. Because yeah. at first I yeah. s- thought he said fucker. And then when I watched it the second time today, I'm like, no, it was Flurkin. So, yeah. yeah. So I liked it a really it was well, well done moment. And then um, what I loved is that he didn't, like, stay mad at the cat or anything what i love even more is that uh in one of the final scenes uh fury is i guess he got promoted or whatever because he is um like the head of shield at that point head of shield at that point or whatever and uh colson walks into his office with a bunch of eyeballs like for him to choose uh fake eyeballs to use and uh he says is it true that uh, that those aliens uh, captured you and tortured you for information and you withstood it all and that's how you lost your eye? Something along those lines. Like I heard, and, I heard the, the, the scroll shot you in the face and he was like, yeah, that's what happened, man. And then he looks right yeah, down he, at the cat and he's like, the cat's like, Son yeah, of a the bitch. cat's in a cat bed. The cat's in a cat bed right next to him. Yeah, because the cat office. now lives in his office in a cat bed. And That's he, funny. He, the cat looks at him like you, motherfucker. Like that didn't yeah. happen. Yeah. <laughs> but I love. I love. He's like I can neither confirm nor deny the facts of that case or the yeah, facts of that funny. incident or something. And it made me realize Fury is a fucking liar all the time. Yeah. Like, uh, which, which is, yeah, he is. That's Fury. But Fury, the, I think, has been Fury. lying since. He was in diapers. Well, here's the thing. In in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, uh, there's that line of dialogue he says when uh, Cap is talking to him about, you know, talking about trust and all that. And he goes, last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. And uh, I was like, how are they going to address that? And when I saw how they addressed it, um, it, he makes it sound like it's like, oh, I was betrayed and da da da. It's like you weren't betrayed. Your cat freaking clawed your eye out, and then you gave him a cat bed. 
<laughs> like next to your desk. So, so it, to me, it was just like Fury's a fucking liar. Like he just makes he like he makes everything very dramatic, um, on purpose to get what he wants, which uh, I actually really thought that was really humorous and funny. And I, I for some reason just that really tickled me. That really uh, was very very funny to me. I loved how they went about it. I don't care if people are pissed that it's like, no, it wasn't anything cool. I was like, no, it's fucking hilarious how it was done. Well, if you look at it this like, way, it was an alien that attacked him. If you want to, like, get, I mean, I know it's in cat form, but it is a very powerful alien that attacked him. It's not him, in cat so. form. It's not, no, it's not in cat form. It's in flurkin form. They just happen to look exactly the same. Oh, okay. So. That I did not know. So, yeah, flurkins are apparently, they look exactly like cats. Yep. So, they just have they big just giant made... tendrils that come out their mouth and have pocket dimensions in their stomachs. So yeah, and they have uh, human level intellect, I think. Yep. So oh, which okay. is exact, which is exactly why in the scene where he points, um, where he points uh, Goose at some of the bad guys, he goes, "Do it, do your thing," and the cat doesn't do it. I, I, at first, I was like, "Oh, he must be full," or something. Yeah, or something, because he, he ate a bunch of people in his Belly. Or did he at that point? That's, yeah. But that's uh, that's not why he didn't attack. He didn't attack because one of the the quote unquote bad guys was actually a good guy. Was actually was a good guy in disguise, yeah. and I was like, oh, okay, this is uh, this cat's pretty smart. He picked up on some. Yeah, you know, he's like yeah. he knows what's up. So uh, and yeah, so I, I did a little bit of reading. I was like, oh, they're of human level. They're they're clever. Like they they're not idiots. So um, Florkins aren't. But uh, no, everything Goose did was. Top tier. I love that cat. I heard somebody online say they want a movie with uh, Cosmo, the dog from oh. Guardians of the Galaxy, Rocket Raccoon, and uh, and Goose the Cat. And I would pay so much money to go see that, even if it's just That's a, the next a, Hulu a, a, a Marvel one series shot. right there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, the Pet Avengers. There was a comic called the Pet. There was a comic book called Lockjaw and the Pet Avengers. Give that to me, Marvel. <laughs> Give me Lockjaw and the Pet Avengers. Put Goose the Hulu, Cat in it. Hulu, that's your along... new animated show, along with Kevin Smith's new shows. Yep. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, that or give me a story where, where Howard the Duck and Rocket Raccoon are handcuffed to each other for 48 hours and they have to get through the fucking movie. <laughs> Something like that. Give, give me a weird-ass buddy cop movie. Um, I'm dig- I digress. Uh, Johnny, do you have a question? No, I, I wanted to ask you because... I. Uh, there, there is a huge. Um, this isn't a negative thing. This is actually fans just fanboying it more. The the parallels yeah. between uh, Captain Marvel and Dragon what, Ball Z. What, is that not what we've been doing this whole time? Right. Well, no. It's the parallels <laughs> between Captain Marvel and uh, Dragon Ball Z. Did you see all the stuff online about that? How how the no. Piccolo uh, in the Dragon Ball Z movie uh, is uh, looks identical to the scrolls uh, in uh, the movie, uh, and then and, no, and then no, um, I have I don't I don't uh, I I don't I'm not a DBZ fan myself. Yeah, neither, so, uh, but the way uh, Carol so, lights up, she looks like a Super Saiyan with she glows and all that. Her eyes, and, sure, yeah. Could, so there's yeah, a lot I of parallels. People, there's there's like a like a Reddit that's like. Breaking down each scene and like how it looks like Dragon Ball Z <laughs> and all that, and the original makeup oh, is it artist. Oh, like, is it is, so? Is there a sub? Is a full subreddit. on subreddit yep. for it? Yep. Wow. So it so it got its own subreddit, kind of yep. like uh, Thanos did nothing wrong. Is there a subreddit uh, for that? Oh, okay. I didn't know oh my that. god, there's a subreddit for Thanos did nothing wrong. There's a subreddit for uh, the uh, what's the the Mind Stone inside the Mind Stone. Oh, Basically, okay. they did a uh, the the subreddit. 
I think it was Thanos did nothing wrong. What's the name of the subreddit? They they gained such traction and popularity. They were going to set up a thing where they delete half. Uh, they were going to set up a date where they were going to delete half of all of the people in the subreddit. <laughs> um, That's clever. And the Russos caught caught wind, and so they they jumped on board. They actually joined the subreddit. And then they told um, who the hell played Thanos? What's his name? Josh Brolin. Uh, Josh Brolin. They told they told Josh Brolin. So then he made a video of himself snapping, so that they could play the video on the subreddit. And the moment that they played the video, they did the deed and they deleted half of all of the uh, people on the subreddit. I was not deleted. Um, That's funny. And then. All the people who were deleted joined a new subreddit called uh, "Into the Into the uh, What Was It Into the Soul Stone." Yeah, stuck in the Soul Stone, That's and so funny. one of the Russos got deleted and 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 was one of the first people to post there, saying, "Where am I?" So uh, that's awesome. Yeah, gotta love Reddit. You you, you do you do. Um, well, we anyway, de- that's great. That's but I'm glad Captain Marvel got its own weird ass subreddit yeah. too. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. Well, we definitely want to get to to the DC Universe app and Doom Patrol, but real quick, what what like say at a scale one to ten, what was your score of the movie, and what were like your final thoughts before we jump over to the DC Universe app? I mean, if I'm gonna give it a letter score, I'm gonna say it's an A. It was an it, it was an A. It was an A movie. Um, I I think it did really well. One to ten. Okay. <laughs> well, if we're going to one to ten, I'll say it's a ten. I'll give it a ten. I wow. it's a perfect film. Wow. Yeah, I mean, maybe a nine, nine and a half, maybe a ten. Okay, well, let, it, me, I, let me ask it, you a better question. Is it in your top ahead. five Marvel movies? I haven't even thought about that. Um, I mean, not in any maybe, order. Maybe, I don't know. Would it make your top five? You don't, you're not sure. You know what? I think it would, and here's okay. why. Because the movie, even though it's, it's you know, uh, it's a woman as a hero, rah, whatever, uh, even though that's that's the case, um, one of the thing, a few things that I really loved about the movie is, and I come from, as I told you guys before, I've come from a very crazy kind of evangelical background, uh, where you know I'm still very much a man of faith. Um, it's very important to me, uh, but I I also realized that some of the places that I was a part of, some of the churches, some of the groups that I associate with, people that I associated with were not exactly the best people, or maybe they were nice people, but they were freaking crazy, and the things they taught me weren't, were very damaging uh, to me emotionally, and, and also just, um, I, I felt like, you know, that I was not in as good of a place as I am now when I was a part of that world. Like, I've, I've, having stepped away from becoming more, I guess you could say, ex-evangelical, if, you, if that's a term, um, and, and just saying, I'm still a man of faith, but I'm, I'm, I am figuring things out on my own because I've been fed a lot of stuff that, that was not true. Do, or Deuce I was and told I are, things about myself that wasn't healthy. Deuce and I are in the same boat. Uh, we're both men of faith, but we have a different outlook on life than the place. Let's just say Deuce and I went to a school, and we're not going to name the school, uh, that was pretty messed up in hindsight. Uh, and it was of a, yeah. a faith, you know, Christian faith school. And uh, yeah. that's how we met, actually. Uh, and yeah. Uh, that, yeah, there was a lot of weird things that went on that, in hindsight, probably wasn't the most Christian-like 
things. So yeah, we told Deuce yeah. and I both get where you're coming yeah. from. So totally. yeah. So having said that, and I read this fantastic article, a blog post this past weekend about somebody who's been in a similar boat as well. They said that they went to go see the movie. This is a woman. This blog post uh, who wrote this blog post. And uh, she said that if you look at Carol's story in the movie, and this is why I think, um, Johnny, you should go see the movie in theaters and not wait till pay-per-view. Add to that box office numbers because uh, it's, worth, it's worth seeing in the theater um, because the ca- story that Carol goes through is more or less she's lied to and told, this is who you are, this is what you're about, you're broken, you're not there yet, you're, you're, you you. You know, you're not strong enough. You're not this, blah 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 blah. And then she comes to the point where she's going on a journey where she starts to realize that the things that she's been told about herself have not been healthy things, have not been true things, have been very damaging things. And when she gets to the end of her journey in the film, she comes to the realization to the point that she is a lot stronger than people have given her credit for. That the lies that she's been told, she doesn't need to believe those anymore. And that's kind of the point where she goes super saiyan, I guess you could say. When I saw that, uh, I I was reading this blog post this woman said when she was talking about, like, this is exactly sort of her experience having, not necessarily superpowers, but the mentality that she went through being part of a community of people who kind of told her, well, you're broken, you're dirty, you're filled with sin. You're not, you know, you, you, you can't, you're broken and you'll never be fixed. You know, you'll never be whole. And when she got out of that world, she learned for herself that that was damaging, that was not true, they were all lies, and that she's a lot stronger than people gave her credit for. And that the movie spoke to her in a major way. And I realized when I was reading that article, it's like, that's exactly what I was feeling during the movie. It, 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 the character, I'm a white guy, I'm the person that Brie Larson's trying to genocide, I'm, you know, I'm not obviously, but I'm a white guy and I like I got the Carol Carol's journey because uh, in a weird way, I sort of related to it um, and, and sort of the struggles of being put down so much by people who claim to love me. And then when stepping away from that, learning for myself, like I'm, I'm no, I'm a lot more whole than people gave me credit for. I'm a lot stronger than people gave me credit for. It's a really great story in that in that sense, and there's a lot of nuance in Brie Larson's performance in the film that really lends itself to that character journey. I think that's probably the the reason why I would say this is this could very much potentially be in my top five, just because I really connected with the character sure, in that way. Definitely. Yeah, and I love and, so, and I love Brie Larson. We before you came on, I was kind of touting how awesome I love her so much. Oh, uh, my God. She I've was been, great in Community. She's amazing. She was great in 21 Jump Street. Mm-hmm. She's always been funny and charismatic in every role that I've seen her in. Yep. And uh, when I was told that she was being cast, uh, she had been cast, I was like, this is going to be great. You know, this is going to be fantastic. And uh, but for some reason, people just hate her. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So. Uh, Deuce, what would you say? Um, out of I'd 10? give it a seven. Seven out of ten. Yeah, it's definitely not my top five Marvel movies. And I'll, I'll say this: and it's not that I didn't like the movie. I liked the movie. I enjoyed it. I think I actually enjoyed it more the second time around than I did the first. My problem is I just don't think I like origin stories anymore, and I don't like movies that don't have more than one hero anymore. 
And thank God we had Samuel L. Jackson and we had uh, Clark Gerard who plays uh, Agent Coulson. That helped out a lot for me. But, like, it's weird. Like, it's hard to keep my attention when there's only one hero anymore, which is sad. I think it's because we've had so many superhero movies, so many crossovers. We're used to having two heroes in a movie now. With it just being one, I was just kind of like, all right, let's get to it. Let's get to the you know the nuts and bolts. I, I liked the movie. I enjoyed the movie. It was a good time. I didn't not like it, but I, I wouldn't, it's definitely not my top five Marvel movies. It definitely felt like a movie that a part of me feels like I could definitely, like if I went back to watch all the Marvel movies in a row or something like that, I would play this movie at some point during my phase one movie run or something like that. And then, or, or it also feels like a movie that could very well have, you know, they could have just put Endgame in first and then released Captain Marvel as the start of phase four or whatever. And I would have been fine with it. You know, I, 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 don't, I, I don't need to know. Yeah. I don't need to know the origin of the pager right away right. to get that, that pager summons Captain Marvel. Yeah. It's like, all right, great. I don't need to know any more behind that. Um, having seen the movie, I could have waited for this movie until after Endgame to get things started for the next phase. But that's, that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, and I've been so. reading a lot that, like, I guess Kevin, F- not Kevin Feige, but whoever, Bob Iger, I think it is, the head of Disney, is not very fond of this movie, not very fond of her. And they actually filmed scenes that were going to have her in it, but they replaced her with Scarlet Witch and uh, Captain America. So depending on how this movie did, they could intersplice those scenes. So... I'm interested to see how much screen time she gets in Endgame. I hope she gets a lot of screen time because the movie box office-wise is making them a shit ton of money. So I think them not including her in a big role would be stupid. Uh, but I also felt like they hedged their bets a little bit. So even if the studio is not 100% behind you, that worries me a little bit. Yeah, but... at the I don't know, and I don't know how much I believe. I that's the first time I've heard uh, that about Bob Iger not liking her or something like that. I don't know if allegedly, that was a Hollywood we need report. To say allegedly, so our lawyers don't allegedly, freak out. Allegedly, yeah. yeah, that's that. That sounds like something that that also sounds like something some internet troll would have like made up. Cooped in up some in a basement. Random. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, it's a, because the way I've seen it, like Marvel has been all full steam ahead with. Brie Larson with the whole with everything Captain Marvel and uh, I think that's a lot of people I mean you're not going to put that post credit scene at the end of Infinity War if everyone is not behind what's going on with the uh, Carol Danvers at the, of, uh, yeah, at the end of Captain yeah. Marvel which before we wrap up no, Captain... I, was, I, I, yeah. I was at the end of Infinity War, Infinity War was what I meant to say oh yeah yeah, yeah. Um, with the pager. Yeah, they wouldn't the have put that in yeah, there. They wouldn't have put that like in there if 100%. they were full steam ahead. So I agree with that. Right. I know it's 8 o'clock. Do we have you for a little bit longer to talk uh, Doom Patrol or you got to go? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, you can. You can, yeah, we can, we can finish up with Doom Patrol real quick. Okay. So that was our review of uh, the Captain Marvel. We didn't, we didn't get a score from Johnny, I don't think, did well, we? Well, he hasn't seen the movie. I haven't seen the so. movie yet. Well, right now, hypothetically speaking, what is your score for the movie? Is it in your top five or not? <laughs> just, just through I, your gonna, imagination I, alone. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm, 
I'm pretty biased because I love Brie Larson. Like, I love her so much that yeah. she's probably, like, top five actresses for me. Like, I love her so much. Well, I right. agree with you on that, uh, And sure. So I'm, I'm already biased yeah. going in. That I already love her already, so I'm going to probably be a little bit more biased than normal. And even my friend Chris, yeah. who lives in my neighborhood, is like, dude, I just went and saw your girl at the theater. And he, everyone knows my girl is Brie Larson. So it's like, it's that kind of person for me. So I love her so much. Yeah. So I'm already going to have her. She's already a 7 out of 10 already before I even see the movie. So I know I'm going to yeah. love her in it. So I'm probably going to be like a 9 out of 10 probably if I had to guess ahead of time. Just, and I love 90s well, go, culture. So. We'll, make sure you, we'll make sure you go see it in theaters. Don't wait for it to come out. Yeah. Okay, well then we will jump straight into Doom Patrol. Um, I am was very excited. I got to see the first episode together with Johnny live. Yep, and it was the first time he had ever used a DC Universe app. Which right. I want to say I love the DC Universe app. I am a huge fan. I've been using it a lot lately. Um, I and let's just jump right into it. Doom Patrol. I love it. I think it's great. Uh, Brendan Fraser, I think, is on the comeback of his career right now with his role in it. What are your thoughts, Andrew? My thoughts uh, are that I don't know if I don't know if Brendan Fraser is on the comeback train just yet because I I keep hearing weird things about like DC Universe is not doing as well. Or, or something like that. Well, I'm not part sure if of that that's problem is their own problem because they don't have it on PlayStation 4 or Xbox One yet. Like the only reason I got. I'm not gonna it, lie. That yeah. is a huge. That is a huge. Uh, a lot of people. A lot of people use their uh, gaming consoles as media devices. Yeah. The it's only true. reason I even bought it is. It, thank you, Mama. Uh, my mom got me a uh, Roku for Christmas. Uh, and because she got me the Roku, I could get it. So I went ahead and I bought the year for like $80 and I watched all of Titans, which was amazing. And thank you again. I always, whenever you say, Kyle, you need to watch this. I always do. I watched all of young justice and all the new young justice, uh, all the new episodes as well as the old. So I was completely caught up. I've watched all of that. And now I've watched all of doom patrol and I love Doom Patrol. I think it's great, and I think if they're having any problems when it comes to subscriptions, it's because their dumbasses aren't on Xbox One and PS4 yet, because I think when that happens, they're going to double their subscriber base overnight. Yeah, I think they will make that happen, because I feel like they've said in the past that that is a goal. Um, I can't remember. I Don't well, quote me on it, because I don't, I don't exactly know. But I... Um, but that having been said... Uh, I feel like I've seen the first three episodes. I'm not going to go into too much detail. If you've only seen the first one so far. No, you can um, say whatever you want. Fantastic. You can spoiler it. It's not a, a, you can spoiler it for Johnny. It's no big deal. Yeah, he doesn't fine. have the app. Which is well, another thing. I have the app. He doesn't. So, yeah, so, yeah. You can spoiler all yeah. of it because I've seen well, every episode so far. Because I think there are well, don't four spoil, or five. Yeah, there's four. Don't spoil the fourth episode for me okay. because I, I haven't gotten that. to it I yet. Will, I will not but, do that. But I, I will say that I, I love how absolutely bizarre it is. Now, keep in mind, my, my girlfriend and I uh, had just gotten done watching Umbrella Academy on Netflix uh, this okay, past week. Okay. So going from Umbrella Academy to Doom Control is a weird transition because they're both bizarre. Um, I think it's a step up because you know, I like Doom Patrol way more than I liked Umbrella Academy. 
I really enjoyed Umbrella Academy, though. So did it's, I. It's, I loved. I actually loved it. it I liked it, I it, it but it amazing. took a long time to get me hooked. And I was hooked from episode. I was just like, I was. Eh. I was hooked from episode one. I I love the cast. I love the oh. chemistry between well, the characters. You were different than yeah, me, I, I, I actually yeah. really enjoyed it. I think it was well done. Yeah, the cat. The cat, the cast, and the chemistry was is what got yeah. got my girlfriend and I through it. We just we loved watching it. We just yeah. kept eating it up. Yep. Um, I just get annoyed whenever like the characters in the sh- the characters are like, we're gonna go split up again. It's like just fucking stay together right, in the right, same room right. for more than five minutes, right. please. Yeah. Um, that was the only thing. But at the same time, it it kind of lent itself to the characters themselves being dysfunctional and True. Yeah. always you know wanting to do their own thing. That being said, I loved Umbrella Academy. It's bizarre, and then we went into Doom Patrol, and Doom Patrol is bizarre, but bizarre in its own way. Um, well, let me let me let me say the, something real quick, because uh, I've only seen the pilot. I was surprised it was a hard R right out the gate. I was I was like, oh shit, they're dropping f bombs and there's titties. I was like, whoa, that I wasn't expecting that, because I, I I always had this assumption that DC Universe was like a PG thirteen app. Like I didn't think they were gonna go yeah. hard R. But they, when there was boobs, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, okay." I feel I feel like DC Universe is like, "What's Disney Plus doing? Let's do the opposite of that." And uh, and that's uh, yeah. I I because I had watched all of Titans uh, before, and that's more PG thirteen, uh, right? That's more like PG thirteen, right? <laughs> no? uh, I wouldn't say PG thirteen. There's a lot of blood and gore and violence and and is it something they, is it, and okay? I was gonna say, is it something they could have shown on CW? Titans. Neither neither Titans nor Doom Patrol no. could ever make it on on okay. CW. They're both very violent, they're both very vulgar and it's it's weird going into that. Uh just because nothing put out by DC has ever been that hardcore unless you count the Constantine movie or something like that. Right. But nothing with any mainstream heroes like freaking Robin or cyborg or any of those kind of you know characters that you look at them and it's like that's a piece of american pie right there you know like right, that's right. wholesome wholesome superheroes and it's like you know they're going fuck batman and saying things like that it's like well maybe not uh but i i kind of like that about the dc universe app and how they are taking the opportunity to say we are our own thing we are not we're not inhibited by any rating system we're not inhibited by we're not inhibited by the comics code authority by the movie rating system by television rating system we can do whatever we want and the whether or not that's that was a smart decision or not i don't know i do like that they are that they've gone that route it's just an it's a fascinating interesting way to go with things dc has also been known to whether it's in their movies or in their programming or in their comics, they're like, well, let's go really extra uber dark for some fucking reason. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I'm i okay with it. I'm okay with it at this point. It's like, I expect it from Batman v Superman, so I, to a degree I expect it here. Although here, again, they have no limitations. So because of that limitate that, that lack of limitation, I think it also more... Um, freedom and license to just go bizarre and weird with it. So there's a moment in, I can't remember if it's the first episode, I think it's the beginning of the second episode, Alan Tudyk's character, who's the villain, Mr. Nobody, mm-hmm. is kind of, uh, is a fourth wall breaking character. The entire time during the first 
two episodes, he's narrating everything right. happening right. as it's happening. And the fact is that the characters, other characters, if he's in the same room with them, they hear what he's saying, and they're, they're like, what do you do? There's a scene where a character says, who are you talking to? And he literally says, Grant Morrison fans, and then he mentions another group, and then he mentions the three fans who decided to stick around after after episode the donkey one, farting. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. there's a donkey that farts at the end of episode one, well, and this that. bizarre... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so he's like, that's who I'm, I'm talking to Grant Morrison fans, these other guys, and then the three fans who managed to stick around after the donkey farted. <laughs> and it's like, what? Like, it, it's very, because Deadpool, you know, everybody gets, oh, meta humor, Deadpool does that. This is a this is a whole other level of it, I feel, weirdly enough, where um, you're just taking, you're taking a bunch of really great actors, taking Brendan Fraser, Matt Bomer, you've got... Timothy Dalton uh, and and Alan Tudyk, yeah, and you're putting all these characters in a very bizarro kind of scenario, where it's like this is a DC universe that exists. The Justice League is here. There's a Superman. There's a Batman. Obviously, we we saw that with the Titans show, but now they really emphasize it here with like there's magic, there's robots, there are aliens, there are alternate alternate dimensions. There's magic. It just this is the world we live in. Deal with it. Well, before and you jump too that, far from that, breaking the fourth yeah. dimension, you would have loved this. Curtis Armstrong from Supernatural and Revenge of the Nerds, he is a cockroach in episode two, and he's like, eh, the world's ending, the world's going to end, we're all going to die, and he gets sucked into the black hole with everybody else. I was like, this show is so meta and so crazy. Like, I That's why I love this show, because it's hard R. For starters, I mean, come on, you got Brendan Fraser yeah. banging the nanny, titties out doing cocaine, like yeah, first was, episode. I was, yeah, I was not expecting that. Yeah, me. <laughs> it was literally the night before Sci-Fi Bartow, and we had done the Friday Fest. Johnny came home with me. We we got you know got all our stuff put away, got ready for the next day, and I said, okay, we got to go to bed early. Let's watch Doom Patrol because you know I haven't seen it, you haven't seen right. it, you've never seen the DC app. We watch it, and the first ten minutes, Brendan Fraser's like doing cocaine and banging the t- the nanny titties out, and I'm like, all right, we're in for a fun hour, Johnny. Yeah, this is gonna you be know, a good time. Let, let me, yeah, because yeah. I've always seen the pilot. Let yeah. me let me give you guys my two cents on the pilot. I actually really sure. liked how they integrated all the stories. Uh, I, I did, it didn't feel rushed. It, it felt like everyone had their own time to shine, uh, and it, it was very cohesive for me as a as a person who doesn't know anything. I don't really know anything at all about Doom Patrol, uh, so it's, it's sure. like a whole new thing for me. And then seeing it, and I'm like, wow, they actually. I thought they did a really good job of integrating all the characters. Uh, I haven't seen episode after that. I haven't seen episode two, but the pilot hooked me. I actually want to see the rest of the show. I thought the pilot surprised me. I thought it was entertaining, and because you got to look yeah. at Brendan Fraser's character, Mister Robot, or what's his name, Mister uh, Robot? I think something yeah. like that. Uh, he's a he's a dick. He's not a nice guy. He's not a good person, and this whole thing happens to him, you know, and he becomes Mister Robot, and he's having to rethink his whole life, you know, and like. Actually, I think I think his name is Robot Man. Robot not Man, Mr. Robot. Okay. Robot, Robot Man. Man. I think yeah. is what it's supposed to be. But yeah. like, he, Academy Award winner Rami Malek would not like you to call him. Mr. Robot. That's true. <laughs> uh, I love Evan Malik. He's great. Uh, but I, he, you know, it's interesting. The show you're you're throwing like 
throwing all of, like these characters, it, it kind of felt like the oddities from the WWE. The uh, that group, oh, yeah, they all... came out with the, uh, the the South Park figure. Yeah, yeah. All, like they they were, it's like the misfit uh, toys. You know what I mean? The Island Misfit Toys. It's like, it's kind of like this these people that don't connect, that don't fit into any boxes or any sort of puzzle. They're just kind of thrown together, and I and I actually kind of like that juxtaposition between all the. The different characters and their own little struggles and all that. Like I don't know. I, I like the pilot. Uh, I'm I want to see the rest of it, but I you know I, I do think Brendan Fraser is my favorite. That was of the characters that were in it. Uh, obviously, I haven't seen episode two, three, or four, or five, but the pilot I really I thought Brendan Fraser's character was the most uh, uh, interesting of the characters. But uh, I don't know. I haven't seen the rest of it. But I thought the, uh, the pilot was for me. So on the outside looking in, I thought the pilot was very entertaining. No, it was great. Yeah. And then they added the only character I don't think you got to see was Cyborg because he didn't show up to us. Yeah, I know he's two. in it. Um, I yeah. just haven't seen him in it yet. That's and the only he's, one uh, I feel a little weird about. But Andrew might really? be able to explain. Yeah, I, I think I, he's a little shoehorned, to be honest with you. I think, yeah, he is shoehorned to a degree, but I think that's kind of what works with him is the fact that he is shoehorned. Because, yeah. like, you're describing Johnny, like, there's a bunch of people who, like, they don't fit together very well. So now you're taking a guy who is trying to, and the way they play off Cyborg, I like how they're playing him off. People know who he is. He's a little, he's like a local celebrity in Detroit uh, because he's he's a superhero, and he's you know, oh, with enough, if I with enough training, I might get into the Justice League in a couple of years or whatever. And people know who he is and know of him and whatnot. He might have worked with some of the Justice League members they they've hinted at, um, and so the idea is that. He's uh, his intro scene is great, by the way. It involves somebody getting mugged and like some mugger trying to make a girl take money out of the ATM, and the ATM starts talking to her uh, with like multiple choice answers. <laughs> and it's like, hey, hey, how bad is this dude? Is he like this level bad, that level bad, or that level bad? You know, like kind of. <laughs> That's fine. And uh, it's it's <laughs> uh, and it's uh, it's a great scene. And the character, uh, the way they play him off is that he's trying to be the top-notch hero. He's trying to uh, do step out on his own and not necessarily, you know, he's got a contention, contentious relationship with his father, which has always been sort of the thing with Victor Stone uh, as a character. And so that, that's 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 being seen here. It's a little bit of a different take on it, uh, but he he knows the original. Uh, the professor or the chief is what they as, as they call him. Um, the chief has worked with his dad multiple times before. Has worked with Victor and helping him become cyborg and helping him, uh, you know, upgrade himself over to, over the years. So he he has a, a close bond with the chief. And when he finds out that the chief has gone missing, because that happens at some point early on in the show, um, he takes it upon himself to go help to go work with the doom patrol help them out and they uh they're like we don't what what we what what are you doing here kind of thing so there's that kind of weird yes it's shoehorned but i think it's supposed to be shoehorned um i thought it was weird when they originally announced that cyborg would be on doom patrol instead of titans yeah because i felt like uh, it was like hey we need a big name character to be in the show for people to watch and i figured it was him but now that you actually explain it it you're right it does make more sense because johnny what they do is they basically tell you that chief helped his dad like 
his dad first put him together, but like as he progressed, the chief helped him a lot. Mm-hmm. So he's got like this surrogate father feeling towards the chief. So when the chief goes missing, even though his dad's like, no, you're a superstar, like in a year or two, you can be on the Justice League. We've got you on this fast track to stardom. Cyborg's like, no, dad, fuck you. Uh, chief was there for me when I was a kid and when I needed him and he helped me learn my powers I'm going to find the chief and you can go fuck yourself mm-hmm. pretty much and uh, you, and, and I think that's a cool dynamic because he's fighting with his dad because in I think it was episode 2 or 3 he's like well good luck with that you've got no more star uh, labs funding anymore and he's like okay so they have to drive everywhere in the bus and then I think it's the third episode where his dad finally goes all right, I'll help you. So then they get to fly back on like a Star Labs jet back to instead of using the fucking little short bus they've got to drive everybody around in. <laughs> so it's it, it, it kind of it solves plot holes, but it also I think helps them having at least one big name character where people are like, what the fuck is a Doom Patrol? Oh, Cyborg's in it. I like Cyborg. Let me check this out. Right. And it was weird because initially Beast Boy was originally a member of the Doom Patrol before joining the Teen Titans. Yeah. So I was kind of like, why is he not on the show? But And actually his first appearance on the Titans show is he is with the Doom Patrol. But yeah, at the was, end of the episode, episode he leaves. and called Doom Patrol, and it was like yeah. a spinoff for that. A backdoor pilot. Because the, the Chief yeah. wasn't even the same Chief. They had right. another guy for the Chief. So, uh, yeah, it was like a backdoor but, um, pilot, like you said. But that all that having been said, um, you know, I, I understand the you're, you're absolutely right. I think it's because Cyborg is a more recognizable character. So like if we put him in, people will watch the show. Now I'm hoping that the show will do well enough that by the end of the season they will move Cyborg over to Titans because it's the it's the cast of the characters from the most popular run, which is the um, George excuse me the George Perez Marv Wolfman run. Of Titans. And the one um, everybody knows from, like, Cartoon Network. Yeah, the one everybody knows for Cartoon Network and, and all that jazz. So I'm hoping Cyborg gets moved over to Titans next season. We'll see. Well, we know but, next season we're going to get on Titans. We're going to get Superboy. Uh, we know that already. Oh, that's right. And then yeah. also... And Crypto. And Crypto. But I also feel like... Because here's the thing I just found out today. Uh, Doom Patrol is actually going to be 15 episodes. So it's going to be longer than what I originally expected it to be. So I think by, you know, episode near the end of the season, I think they're going to somehow work their way back to him going to the Titans. Like, hey, you know, I've done everything I can here. Let me see what I'm going to do. And then maybe the Titans grab him and say, hey, we're starting a team. Why don't you join up with us? I kind of, if I was writing it, that's how I would write it. Right, and it makes sense because on the show Titans, they've they brought in Hawk and Dove, and then brought them out, and then brought them back in, yeah. and like occasionally you see different characters pop in and out of that show yeah. who are not part of the main uh, core cast. So I could see that happening, uh, but I I think Doom Patrol, I like it. There's something weird about it. <laughs> it's <laughs> I solid can't... though. I mean, it's weird and it's yeah. quirky, but it's really fucking it's... solid show. It is a solid show. Um, it it's sort of it's like half Grant Morrison Fever Dream, um, half uh, you know half like solid show from like one of the movie networks like HBO or Showtime yeah. or Stars like, or something. It feels like when I'm watching this because I have Stars, I'm like this could 
like I could watch American Gods and then I could watch this and I wouldn't skip a beat. Like I'd be like, oh, these are both yeah. on the same network. And I feel that way about it, which speaking of Grant Morrison, this is a great thing. The next show that's going to drop, it's going to be a few more episodes after this run is done of Young Justice to finish up its third season. Then it's going to be Swamp Thing. And then after that, it is Stargirl. And then after that, it's going to be the Harley Quinn uh, animated show. And that'll get us right. into next year. So I feel like they have a solid lineup going. My only thing is this. For me to sign up for next year, I need some more programming. I need some more shows. Yeah, I think I think more shows would be good. Even if it's only even if they only put out two to three more shows, I'm fine with it because they already have a pretty good lineup already uh, of programming. I don't need too much more added. Uh, but you give me two to three new shows, I'll be very very happy um, yeah. as a fan and as a subscriber. Uh, but I feel like the content that they've given us already with the new shows plus all of the old stuff. I mean, man, they had the, the superpower show from like the 1970s with Adam West, Batman, and Burt Ward Robin, as well as the Shazam slash Captain Marvel of that era uh, in live action. It was like a special or something like that. And uh, I had heard of it. I'd never seen it. But I was scrolling through the menu the other day of DC Universe, and there it was. Like, they really, they went back, and they got so much content. And well, I was yeah, surprised like at how Aquaman much content they had. the pilot is on there. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, the, like, the Constantine, the first season's on there. And actually, yep. uh, two things that happened recently. One was, uh, I went back, because Supergirl's been talking so much about the Elite. They had Superman versus the Elite on there. So I went back and watched right. that, so I could kind of be like, oh... These are the characters that that show on the CW is based on. On top of that, the newest, uh, the death of Superman, uh, or excuse me, the reign of the Superman, uh, I could not get it on Netflix for some reason. They wouldn't send the Blu-ray to my house. So I'm like, what the fuck? I went on DC Universe. It was already on there, and it only been out like a month on Blu-ray, and it was already on the yeah. app. So I just went and watched it, and I'm like, okay. If you're giving me your animated stuff really, really quick, because I know Batman versus uh, or Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out pretty soon, so I'm like, yep. well, if that comes out on Blu-ray and then a month later I can get on the app, like that's worth it. If I can get the animated movies like a month after they release, um, also I'd like to see the CW shows start slowly migrating over there. I know there's a problem with the Netflix contract, and that might have something to do with it, but I'd like to see that happen, but. My big. Thing. I don't think. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a problem with the contract. I think it's just. It's a contract. Like it's the contract needs to run its course, and then once right. it's done, they'll, they'll put it on their stuff. So. But I think if they do that, but yeah. Also, I need like one or two, maybe three would be the magic number of more shows. Because my only thing is, we get DC daily every day, which I think is just a hunk of garbage. And then, uh, <laughs> you only get one new episode of a show a week because they don't. I, that's the one thing that pissed me off. You can't binge it. They drop it once a week. So, like, because of that, I need... I would like two shows dropping a week. Like, if I could get two shows, new episodes of a show a week, every week, all next year, then I'd be happy. That sounds fair. Yeah. Like, two new episodes a week, and every they, week. And they need to yeah. revamp the comics, because... Uh, that comics thing is well, forked. They don't really have... 
much of a catalog. I mean, I, I thought they were going to be. I thought. Well. This was yeah, they don't. Well, that. Well, they do now more than they did when they started. Okay. And I think they're they. I think they announced recently that they're bringing even more comics to the catalog. Oh, okay, but so. But my problem is, you go to Marvel Unlimited. I, I literally have one hundred thousand comics I can go through from like nineteen fifties all the way up. Like DC needs to DC needs to figure out what they want to do with that, or they want to branch off and do their own DC comics unlimited or they want to do it integrated in the dc universe app for for the dc universe subscribers it'd be the smartest way think, to do it yeah do it dc because i can go to so marvel unlimited and get everything TV ever shows. everything yeah. everything ever released from the very beginning from the 50, 60s 50s yeah. all the way up to, well you know i and, think that is what they're doing i think they're just they're doing it they're they're, they're picking up steam yeah they're they're picking up steam with it is what i think is going yeah. on because when I got the app initially, there was barely any comics. There was a whole lot of issue number ones. Right. Right. And then that was it. Like, I remember reading uh, Superman, I think it was either Superman Unchained or Unleashed yeah. or something like yeah, that. Issue number yeah. one with artwork by Jim Lee. Mm -hmm. And it was it. It was just issue number one. And I was kind of irritated. Well, the last time I checked the app, the entire run of that book is there. You can read the entire run. The entire Judas Contract run of Teen Titans is available. They... They and this is stuff that's like it wasn't available before, but now it's available. And I think what they're doing is they're they're going to just start piling on more and more and more of these. Um, and you're going to see story arcs, like big ass story arcs, like twelve issue arcs, right. twelve issue limited series, things like that. That they're going to like just plop it down on the app and keep it there. Um, and so I know they mentioned though it's going to be curated, which means it'll be there for a while and then gone or whatever. I don't think they're going to necessarily stick with that. I think they're going to put stuff on there, leave it on there. Because um, I, because this is their this is their Disney vault, so to speak. Right. Is is this right here? This is yeah. this is their way of of giving longtime DC fans what they want and potential like oh you bought this for Young Justice. Well, here's the entire Jeff Johns Teen Titans run. Mm -hmm. Read it. You know, well, that's and what I wanted way, to be, happened. you know, well, that's yeah, what's well, going to need to be because they're going to have to compete with Disney plus right around the corner. That's why I'm saying next year that's they're going to have to have like that, two yeah. episodes drop in a week for people to say, why is this worth, you know, nine ninety nine a month where I could get Disney plus where they're giving me all this backlog of Disney and Marvel movies and Star Wars and new Star Wars shows and new uh, Yeah, I mean, Marvel they're giving shows. you everything. Yeah. Disney's giving you the uh, Davy Crockett from the 1960s. They're giving yeah. you all that stuff. I'm just like, yeah. wow, the, that's crazy. The, the, problem, the problem with the DC Universe app is not the comics because they're piling those on more and more and more, I'm seeing. The problem, I feel, is is really the... Is the uh, when, you're, when I'm watching it on a TV... It flows very smoothly. When I'm utilizing it on the phone, not as much. And the comment section is a nightmare to try to get through. People will, because they're like, oh, you can make comments on different videos and things like that. I try to read those comments, and the whole app go just, just glitches out shit. on me or yeah. whatever. Yeah, and it's like it, it just doesn't, it doesn't, hand, like they need to really work on the interface. Um, and like I said, the TV app is is great the tv app i can cycle through everything yeah. and it's TV fine but if i'm on the phone yeah. and i haven't even tried it on a laptop i don't know how it is on a laptop i bet it's maybe a bit better but they really need that's what they need to work on more it's just the interface with the comments section and things like that i would like to communicate with other dc fans i want to see what they have to say uh but it's just not worth it because it's such a pain in the ass to try to click on a comment and then if you click on the read more button 
read more of this person's comment it'll take you to like the very top of the comment list and it's like i didn't want to go to the top i wanted to read that person's comment and i gotta scroll back down it's just a pain in the ass that's really what they need to work on more than anything plus getting on more available services like playstation and, and xbox because 60 but, um, 60% of netflix users watch netflix from a console that's a huge number. Yeah. So I, I yeah, think that's. It uh, is. I think they need to. Get Once that. they do that, I think they'll kick the door open. Yeah. My, I actually, and I don't think they would sit on it for this, but this is my theory. I think when they do their San Diego Comic Con panel, it's gonna be like, by the way, today you can get it on Xbox One and you can get it on PS4 and if you buy today, we're gonna give you a year and a half for free or. Like, like, remember when you first bought it? Because you bought it a little yeah. bit before I did. You got, like, a whole year for, like, $60. And I think I yeah, got my was... whole year for, like, 70 So it was a really reduced price. So I think yeah, they're going to... Yeah, and I got, I, yeah. got, I got three additional months as yeah, well so for you got, free. Like, That's cool. You basically got uh, 15 months for, like, 50 or, or 60 bucks. It was stupid cheap. Yeah. And then when I got yeah. mine, even though it was at Christmas time, because literally I bought it Christmas Day when I got my... Roku is when I signed up for my subscription. They still had it. You could buy it for a year, but I think it was 70 bucks, and you didn't get the extra months. But I was like, I'm going to buy the year. Plus, if you buy it for a year, you got like 20% off merchandise, I think. And there were yeah. some like little extra benefits if you were a year subscriber. So I, I, in the back of my mind, I've got this. Not that they would sit on it this long because I don't think they would, but I think they've got this like, hey, Whoever the eggheads are that have to make this program by San Diego Comic Con, you've got to get this shit done. Like, I don't care what you got to do. I don't care how many all nighters you got to pull. But by San Diego Comic Con, we got to say, hey, PS4, Xbox One, you can get it. They're going to give it to you at a super crazy rate, like fifty dollars for the year, um, you know, and get you like twenty percent. They need, they need more eyeballs on yeah. the products. That's what they need. And I think that's a, the thing is because you got to remember, like, they're going to have sponsors and stuff on this at some point. Either in-show sponsors or advertisements on it, and they're gonna need, you know, you're gonna want eyeballs because if it's like, hey, I want to make sure that Doom Patrol's eating Frosted Flakes, Frosted Flakes isn't gonna pay if only X amount of users are on it, or hey, I want Robin to only want to eat Pop Tarts. You know, there's got to be so many eyeballs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I hear you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You want more sponsors, you got to get more viewers. Absolutely. Exactly. And Netflix does that a lot. Like one of my favorite shows, The Ranch. Like every time I turn around, they're talking about Dairy Queen or the Cracker Barrel or Coors Light or like they've got so many in-show sponsors that they don't Damn, have that's, to add that's, ads. That's part of that's uh that's part of your basic food groups, isn't it? Yeah, that's all Deuce. my that's basic like, food groups. <laughs> You're right there. That's, yeah. That it, that is everything in your food pyramid. Yeah, they so. even talk about skull. So yeah, I mean they've got everything in the redneck food group. That's why that it, it, and all the listeners out there, if you've never watched The Ranch, you need to on Netflix. It's an amazing show. Sam Elliott's on it. Uh, uh, what's his name from uh, that '70s show is on it. Uh, yeah, Ashton Kutcher. Uh, the, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Um, so go watch that show. But that show is like it's product placement crazy but you don't even notice it because they always had the labels out when they're drinking or they're like hey me another Coors Light or like it's so subliminal you don't even catch it until when you're like me I'm like oh damn you know how much advertising they've just paid for with that one episode and right. 
they're going to have to start doing that to make more money on the back end to keep this thing profitable. But uh, I hope they do it. I hope they get more uh, advertisers and sponsors. And I hope more people get the DC Universe app. Because like I said, I love it. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, it's now my Friday night destination. When I get done work on Friday, the first thing I do is watch Doom Patrol. It's because it's an awesome show. Yeah. Well, Andrew, yeah. Andrew Ficarra, you... Um are always like we love having you on so thank you for skyping in man and so, staying on as long as you did thank yeah, you brother we appreciate it man not a problem not a problem and uh not we'll, a problem we'll, at all. Uh, we'll have we'll have you on again in the future because uh, i think the skype thing works out pretty well for you right uh yeah yeah i, I can come on every so often if yeah. i do skype uh i i know it's a bit tricky because my schedule is a lot more busy now than it and than it has been before i'm doing a lot more with uh, with the Bay Coast Guardians, uh, so we we our, our our amount of projects and and events and whatnot have have kind of jumped up a bit, uh, which is good. This is what we've been wanting to do. 2019, I think it's going to be a very uh, very 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 uh, fruitful year uh, for us and and the amount that we can do within uh, within St. Petersburg. So y'all can definitely check us out more there on a uh, on Bay Coast Guardians. Uh, just. Look for us on Instagram. You'll find us. Facebook. Type in Bay Coast Guardians. You'll find us right there. And you can check out uh, more and more of what we're up to. Awesome, Well, man. awesome, man. Thank you so much. And you hit on something that we already said. 2019 is going to be our year with Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. And no offense, I don't want anybody else in the truck along with us but you, Andrew. So thank you so much for uh, being a part of it tonight. Glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me. All Thank right, you, Andrew, buddy. have a good one, You have man. a good evening, buddy. You too. Take care. Later. Well, that has been another amazing episode. We talked about Captain Marvel. We talked about the DC Universe app, man. We've talked about everything nerd culture that you would love to talk about. So you need to hit us up for more nerd culture. And you can find us at Facebook.com forward slash Happy Hour Podcast Show, at HH Podcast Show on the Twitter machine, and HH Podcast Show at gmail.com to send us your questions. Hey, send us some questions for Andrew if you got some like comic yep. book related questions. For he sure. Loves them. Uh, we're going to see a buck, the mega buck, pretty soon at the Retro Game Treasure Compound. You want to send us those questions? You can send them to us in the subject line. Ask the buck to hhpodcastshow at gmail.com. And uh, of course, when you hit us up on the Twitter machine, there's not one, there's not two, but there are three hashtags: hashtag hhpodcastshow, hashtag happyhourpodcast, and hashtag deuces, deuces on, on the loose. loose. Later. Bye.